has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Community, community, community. Welcome to Malik's Book Show, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. This has been a wonderful community week. So, hey, I'm your host, I'm Malik, and I'm going to bring to you an inspired, revolutionary, inspirational, motivating episode called I Read to See Me. It was a community event that focused on multicultural children books. And I got a chance to stomp the ground and talk to so many wonderful authors that attended the event. I also was able to talk to the producer of the event as well as the host, Cal State University Dean, Dr. Juliana Marvo, and she put on this event in conjunction with all the ethnic study departments to bring a multicultural event called I Read to See Me because representation matters. So I'm going to bring that inspiring conversation with so many different authors as well as the producer and director. Now I'm going to spread it out over the next two weeks. Also, a continuation of the Barber Shop Talk that I started last week. I'm bringing part two of that conversation because it was a very, very lengthy conversation, but yet very timely. And these brothers had a lot to say and they spoke their mind. And when I'm interviewing, I'll let you speak your mind. I'll let you bring your thoughts. I'm not here to um, debate you on your position. I just want to hear your position. You know, that's what this is all about. It's a dialogue. You know, not a monologue. So I'm here to help other authors speak their truth and so forth. There are times when I speak my truth and what I think. But so, hey, so enjoy this episode. And it's called I Read to See Me. Okay, I'm with the professor here at Cal State LA, the person hosting this event here at Cal State LA, Julianne Marveau, right? Dr. Julianne Mel, oh, Dean of the College of Ethnic Studies here at Cal State LA. So this is a project of the College of Ethnic Studies. Uh, we have three departments reporting to us. I have Pan-African Studies, Chicano Latina Studies, and Asian Asian American Studies. And so the purpose of doing a multicultural book fair was to get all my departments together to work on what we have in common. Absolutely. Young people's literacy. Absolutely. And, and, and this is a wonderful assembly of authors that I'm witnessing today. And on this podcast, you're going to hear a lot of them because I've been on the stump interviewing them. But I got the dean, the director, the host. So, I, you know, speak on what you hope to accomplish from such an event like this. There are three things that I wanted to do. Number one, I wanted to have more visibility for the College of Ethnic Studies. We're only two years old. I'm the inaugural dean. I'm the first dean that started in June of 2021. So I want people to know about us. Number two, I want young people to know about us. When we talk about education, you know, we often talk about the um, number of young people who don't go to college. But if we expose them to college when there's five, six, seven, you see these little ones running around, yeah, they want, yeah. they're going to say, I want to go back there. Yeah. And so uh, even though we're planting a seed that might not uh, blossom for 
10, 12 years, we still want to plant the seed. And if they don't come to Cal State LA, we want them to go somewhere, to somebody's college. And then third, our multicultural authors are important and need to be lifted up and recognized. And that's why we invited so many. We actually also, as you know, are giving out free uh, 200 books to the first young people who come, and they can pick their book based on their age, and their, they can pick their book. We got a whole table of books there for them to pick. So it was really visibility for the college, basically intersectionality, and visibility for our, act, our authors. How important is representation? Representation is everything. I think back, you know, I'm of a certain age. Um, actually, I ain't, I ain't shy. I turned 69. On September 22nd, uh, I wouldn't tell it because I don't look it. If I looked it, no, I wouldn't tell it. But, uh, but, <laughs> but I remember back to elementary school where we didn't have representation. I remember uh, the fifth grade history class where they had two black people in the book. Um, one looked like she had escaped from Aunt Jemima's box, and the yes, other one looked like yes. Uncle Ben. And uh, the teacher had the nerve to talk about happy slaves. Um, blessedly, my parents were both educators, and I read everything we had in the house. Um, my mom recently passed, and I inherited her 5,000 books. I have to figure out what to do with all of them. But um, representation is critical. Critical. Uh, this, our, our theme here is I read to see me. When a young person sees a book that reflects them, it incites them. It inspires them to say, I can do this too. Yes, and so yes. representation is so important. I always say when you look at when a person look at a picture, the first thing they look for is themselves. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and I think our young people want to be reinforced in their presence in the world. And that's why we're here. Yes, yeah. And we appreciate all you know now this you've been an activist for quite some time. My whole life. Oh your whole life. And you've written some books. Absolutely. Yes. So tell us about your landmark book, I believe it's called... Well, I have several, but my favorite book, well, they're all favorite, but Surviving and Thriving, 365 Facts of Black Economic History. I described it as a love note to my people. We've reissued it with a foreword by Roland Martin. Mm. Um, it'll be out on the shelves probably in the next month or so, but okay. we reprinted it. Uh, the 365 facts have not changed, but our relationship to them has. <laughs> have not changed. So what are we going to do about that? We're going to keep struggling. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep writing. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Hey, and from, we do not from, accept. And we do not accept the marginalization of black people. We do not accept it. No. Never. Never give up. Never accept. We're not a pawn. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you and all that you've done and continue to do. And we just well, love thank you. Thank you. And keep up the good work. Thank you. Malik Books is at a children's festival out here at Cal State LA. That's what's happening in the community. It's going to be a big celebration of books and people and love and peace and the world of books. We got a lot of books, children books here. We got a lot of children authors here. And you know what I do best? I, I get on the stump. And I talk to the authors because this is Malik's book show, bringing a world together with books, culture and community. So we're here and I'm going to have an opportunity. The first interview, I have an author named Zena Pliska. Say it again. Zena M. Pliska. There you go. Then. OK, OK. Hello, little one. A monarch butterfly story. It's a beautiful book about the life of a butterfly. But hey, I got the author, so she's going to tell you all about it. 
Uh, well, this is a this is a book about um, intergenerational friendship. It's a book about the monarch caterpillar really wants a friend, meets a monarch butterfly in a two-week window. In the two weeks that they can actually hang out together because the lifespans of both are very small, short. short. <laughs> um, and so they, so they, the 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 younger. Uh, it's youth meets age, and age meets youth, and they share what they both their both their life perspectives with each other, um, and then they move on to the next cycle, the next part of their cycle. This, this sounds very educational. So we got a two, got a caterpillar and a butterfly. Yeah. They both one and the same. The other one just already meta, meta, What's the word? Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. And the little caterpillar hasn't gone through that process yet. So tell us what kids can really learn from reading this book. Well, I think they can learn about, um, about mentors and intergenerational friendship. And it's a life cycle book. And so, of course, at the end of life cycles is death. And so it's, it's a little bit of a grief, like for parents that need a book to talk gently about grief and losing an elder. Um, and transformation. Transformation. And also being in the moment, right? Yeah, being yeah, like each, each, yeah. both of them share with each other. The younger verse, the younger shares with the older and the older shares with the younger. And it's about that, you know, the deep respect that wonderful. two generations can have for each other wonderful. and learn from One, each other. Wonderful, wonderful. This is an extremely beautiful book, illustrated wonderfully, story written beautifully. Thank you, Zena, thank for you, this Malik. opportunity to interview. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Malik. Okay, okay. This event is festive with authors. Festive. And I have Benson Shim now. He wrote a book called Alex Good Fortune, another book called Little C. And I'm going to let him tell you about his book. Uh, hi, thank you so much, Malik, for having me. Um, so Alex's Good Fortune is about different ways to celebrate the Lunar New Year. And it was inspired by my family growing up and all the little traditions that we do. So everyone celebrates very different, a little bit differently. So I hope people that read it will add a little tradition to their Lunar New Year celebration. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. That's the one called Alex Good Fortune. Correct. Okay, and then what, does, what is Little Seed about? So Little Seed, I want to talk about how, you know, there's a lot of different ways to show love and a lot of different ways to hug. And the book kind of touches upon some people love to be embraced and hugged and some people don't. And that is okay. So it's kind of like touching the baseline of what is paying respect really to each other and having that respect. And that's what Little Seed's about. Are these the only books you have authored? Uh, no, I also have another book called Alex, no, sorry, Anzu the Great Kaiju. And so that one is about a little kaiju. So an example of a kaiju is Godzilla. And all Godzillas we know destroy everything in sight. But Anzu's superpower is not a fire of destruction, but of flowers. So how can he destroy using flowers, or does he want to? Okay. So the idea is that how do you stay true to yourself even though you have this expectations of family and society of how, that, to be a true destroyer, but in your heart you actually want to bring joy to your city and not destruction. Three books, three different storylines. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> and so, I guess you got some more in works. I do. Thank you for asking. Uh, I do have a sequel to Anzu the Great Kaiju called okay. Anzu the Great Listener. Mm. And that one's really about, um, in the face of sadness, sometimes one of the most important things we can do is to listen to each other and respect each other that way. And that's yeah. what that story is about. Yeah. 
Well, hey, Benson, thank you for sharing with my audience on Malik Bookshelf about all of your wonderful books and upcoming. Thank you. Thanks so much, my life. Appreciate it. Ashley, you can't bring me no books <laughs> without being on my podcast. Good morning, love. So you're going to have to talk to us straight, Ashley, about what is this book all about? I see it's a novel. It is enough. So talk to me about this. Malik's bookshelf audience want to know Good Morning Love. <laughs> I love it. So Good Morning Love is a story about Carly Hinton. She's an aspiring songwriter um, chasing after a, she's stuck between a job and a dream, right? So trying to pursue songwriting but working full time in New York City. Um, she meets Tal Anderson, who's a rising R&B star, and things get a little choppy. Her calculated world gets thrown into a frenzy when he's a client of her media agency wow and is this book one this is it's gonna be a sequel this is book one it's my debut novel um and we'll see i mean let's talk to simon and schuster about whether we want to hear more about carly and tal yeah 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 because yeah. i'm sure there's more to it you know now this is for um all adults yeah, so this is an adult book, but I will say that when I was a teenager in high school, I read books like these, but true, it does true, land true. under adult fiction, true, true. Um, so it has a, you know, a little bit more kind of meat uh, a okay. bit to it, but um, I think that if you trust your older teens, they could probably get into it okay, as well. because we get a lot of teens, they come in and read, like, Sister Soldier book, Coldest Winter Ever, and they say, <laughs> I read that in high school. Now, you know, that baby was real graphic, but it's relatable, and... And it leaps generations. And I know that, you know, you wrote your book to, to reach, you know, an audience. And hopefully yours can reach generations. And I just want to know a little about, about you, Ashley, as an upcoming new writer. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, I mean, for me, I've worked 10 plus years in the music industry. So I'm a director at the Recording Academy, which puts on the Grammys um, and also a writer. So uh, this book really chronicles a lot behind the music industry. Okay. Um, so it's a great kind of collide of my worlds because mm -hmm. I also freelance write. So I've written for The Cut and Essence.com, etc. Um, so this is like a good mashup of my two worlds, working in music and also writing. You just, listen, you got a little background story here to you. <laughs> you can fuel the fire as a writer. You ain't starting from the pits as a writer. You coming from the entertainment world and you have statue and position. And so you jumping into the literary world, it seemed like a great fit. So how has it been as a, you know, cross leaping into another industry? Well, I feel like it's been humbling, right? Because I do have a very full, robust career within music, but mm. no one knows you when mm. you're a debut author, mm. right? So it's mm. really still a grind and still okay. just telling people about your work and what mm -hmm. you do and trying to get connect with the people who you know will really benefit from reading the book. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing with Malik's Bookshelf audience. <laughs> And we hope to continue our relationship as you evolve as a writer. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm here with Angela Shante. She got a few books she wrote. When My Cousin Comes to Town. Okay, that's one. Her latest coming up Sunday dinner. And I got the pleasure of being able to talk to her about her books and her publishing company i believe it's called sunday dinner publishing yes, so shante welcome to malik's bookshelf bringing a world together with books culture and community i appreciate you i appreciate you thank you for having me wonderful wonderful so 
I just, we're going to jump right in. Tell to us about your books and your publishing company. Sure. So my books are picture books um, that feature and highlight black joyous stories. The first one being The Noisy Classroom, which came out in 2020. It's about an unruly teacher, unruly classroom, and uh, school change. It's, it's my project. And the second book for that series is coming out next year. It's called When My Cousins Come to... Sorry, uh, The Noisy Classroom Goes to the Museum. And again, uh, all about inquiry-based uh, fun times in school, uh, non-traditional learning, have another book called Sunday Dinner, which is published underneath my publishing company, Sunday Dinner Publishing, um, where we highlight inclusive stories and we work with specifically with BIPOC creatives in publishing to make sure that they have space and voice and are getting paid. Um, my last my last book that came out last year, When My Cousins Come to Town, is all about cousin culture, black cousin culture, um, and how we get our nicknames and it being kind of like a badge of honor. So the little girl in the book, she doesn't have a nickname. She's the only cousin without a nickname. And she um, she does a couple of, like, trying on her cousin's nickname and pretending to be dumb. But really, you know, in black culture, it's about just being yourself. And so that's how she gets her nickname at the end of the story. After they watch The Wiz, because, you know, that's that's my favorite movie. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, most books are written, they touch right at home, about something about self or things that we like or desire. So that's wonderful, wonderful. So right now, how many books have you published? I've published as an author four titles. One was published with Scholastic. That's a nonfiction book about the 1963 Civil Rights Movement. I've published three other titles um, with West Margin Press. Um, and I have four titles, soon to be seven titles, under Sunday Dinner Publishing. Our first adult title and first chapter book are coming out next year. Um, and our um, fairy book just published at the beginning of this month. It's called uh, We're Off to Find a Fairy. Wow, wow, wow. You're doing it big time, you know. And um, you went from being an author to now having your own publishing company. And that's wonderful. And so what um, inspired you to want to open your own publishing company? Well, I've been in publishing for a while. I used to work as a content writer um, at educational publishing companies. I worked as an editor. Now I'm an author. So I've seen the front, the back, the ugly, the good of publishing. And I do know that there are not enough opportunities for marginalized voices in publishing. And I wanted to be a part of the solution. So at Sunday Dinner Publishing, we specifically seek out inclusive stories, marginalized stories, LGBTQ stories. Um, and we work with BIPOC creatives so that they are being paid fairly and that they have an avenue for, you know, showcasing their, their voices and their art. So, yeah, I started it because there was a need, you know, and that's what I'm doing. Be about it, not talk about it. That's what I'm talking about. Action speaks louder than words. Don't be the problem, be the solution. And I love the fact that you stepped up instead of complaining about the lack of representation. You went out here and started a publishing company and now you're publishing books by yourself and other people to speak voice loudly because we know at Malik Bulls, we give voice to the voiceless. So hey, I'm with all of that. I'm tired of people talking and complaining, but they got to step up and do something instead of talking about it. And that's what I love. See, because you, when you, the minute you said that, it, oh, I got to go in on that. <laughs> I love this energy. I love this energy. Yes. So if you're out there and you want to support us, follow us on Sunday Dinner Pub on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my journey, I'm author Angela Shante on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Just connect. Send me a DM if you want to work on something cool together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You heard it live at 
I read to see me children event out here at Cal State LA. <laughs> Woo! I pulled up on another one. Her name is Angela Dalton. Her book is Show the World. It's yes. a beautiful illustration, beautifully done, but I'm gonna let her talk to you about the book. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me. It is good to finally see you in person. Thank you, thank you. So blessed to see you. Thank you. So Show the World is my new book that just came out this year. It is my love letter to the brown and black children of Oakland, California and their creativity and their ingenuity and all that they put into the world and to tell them we see you, we appreciate you. Please keep doing and showing us what you can do because we need to see you. We need to see you out there. And I want children to know I see you. And that's why I write books because I see children, not just their hair, not just their bodies, but I see their entire selves. Yes, and I want to yes, celebrate that. Yes, yes. And this is not the only book you have. You have another book. Tell us about some of your other books and the new one that's about to come out in January. <laughs> yes. I would love to. So, yes, I have two other books, Ruby's Reunion Day Dinner, which is all about soul food, a love letter to the cooks of my family who made soul food uh, reunion day dinners every every year and bringing them all together, celebrating family. Um, and I have um, If You Look Up to the Sky, and If You Look Up to the Sky is about a grandmother teaching her granddaughter that they will always be connected if they look to the sky for signals and a way to connect with each other. And the one that's coming out next year, Hello. which I... So excited about. Hope you all will support it in love and remembrance. Is called To Boldly Go How Nichelle Nichols and Star Trek Helped to Advance Civil Rights. And it is my love letter and homage to Miss Nichols as Lieutenant Uhura, who brought science fiction into my life, who introduced me to Octavia E. Butler, who just enriched my life with technology and, and, and um, space and astronomy. And I will always be f and forever indebted to her for what the work that she did, not only on the show, but just being a beautiful strong black woman in the world well you know i'm a trackie i didn't watch every <laughs> hello i didn't see every episode every movie i love science fiction Me too. i used to read that before i read any other books you really should you know what science fiction really is a mirror of the world it's a way a palpable way for us to deal with the wrongs and the rights of the world in a way that brings us all together that doesn't make it necessarily about race doesn't necessarily make it about your religious beliefs it just it has to do with that we are all people and we have to learn how to get to, how to work together how to get along with each other and it's possible it's possible if we treat each other with respect and we see each other for who we are and, and appreciate that we can do that and that's what science fiction shows us yes. it's possible yes. it is possible it's but it takes each one of us to do the work yeah, to, to get there imagination yes. and determination yes yeah that's why i love it. it opens my mind it makes me think outside the box it gives me new ideas this has been wonderful angela dalton listen if you don't have her books go out and buy malik books got them and they are sold wherever books are sold thank you for this interview appreciate you thank you peace This is a continuation from the Barbershop Talk, part one from last week. This is part two, so enjoy Barbershop Talk, part two. God made naturally the man and the woman to be attracted to each other. That's a natural attraction. Right. So whenever we see beauty in God's creation, we are naturally attracted to that. The bad part about it, when that beauty is used 
for manipulation just to catch somebody. Mm. You mm. see what I'm saying? You want to attract the person's mind, just not their body, because the body going to change and pass away. Right. The body going to change and pass away. We're going to get older in life. Right. We're not going to keep this young, strong, nice-looking body that we have when we was young. Well, why, why shouldn't a person who's beautiful use that to their advantage? You uh, uh her, her beauty, body. her beauty, her beauty. Because she's not attracting a man, brother. She's not attracting a man by his spirit and his soul. She's attracting a man with the, with carnality. See, the flesh is gonna change and it's gonna pass away. You see what I'm saying? So, the but flesh, you and I so, both so know as men, now, now the you, flesh is finite. Right, but, but what gets our attention? You you and us both know that we, you know, you know that physical attraction is what. Causes us yeah. to bond before we get to, to know the inside. Yeah, I'm but that's why you right now. Yeah, it be hard to be like, woo. Keep, let's keep it wild. Yeah. Come on, look. look, look I like that hey, spark. Hey, hey, step outside the door and keep looking at that one. I like, like, hey, I man. like that spark. Look, like, I like looking look, at him like, woo. At the same time, I hear you on that because that's the first thing you're going to see. Yeah. You don't see the thinking of a person no. too much. You don't no. see what's going on there. You see the physical. But if you just stay at the physical and never get into yeah. the spiritual, yeah, we, right. then you're going to end up in court, but, in that child support court case, and y'all going to be battling back and forth. Sure, really, sure. you guys never got sure. to know each other on the spiritual level. Right. It was just all But that physical. law of attraction come first. Opposites attract. You know, you're looking for something and you see it, but, but, and it attracts you to get to know the person and the learn the beauty time, of the inside, right? Yeah, but at the same time, though, it depends on that person and what he's he or she is. But is that for. if that's your only value is your physical appearance, then I don't think the relationship gonna last too long. You no, it won't. Based on it won't because be, because because beauty can turn they gonna, ugly they gonna if your else. ways are ugly. They're gonna that's see right. somebody else and they gonna get attracted off that physical attraction too. That's right. Yeah. Let's say they like that person physical more than they like yours. That's and right. now tomorrow you're on a whole different mm -hmm. trip because now they don't mm -hmm. like this or they don't like that or they tripping mm -hmm. off this or they just just so they can get out of this situation quick. So they go find a next person that they already found. You just didn't know. No, no. But I tell you though, um, you know, as we get older, we got to evolve. We had to get wiser. And so, you know, when you're young, you know, you're a ball of fire. So as you get wiser, then you kind of understand things differently. So initially, yeah, I like that spark. We all do. We like that initial spark. But at some point, we want to know the person. We want to know the inside because the, the most important beauty is on the inside. But my brother, I want to come back to a point you made earlier. You, t you mentioned about here at the Bobby shop. This the Bobby shop talk. A lot of men come in here and sit in your chair. And they have these issues with their spouses or girlfriends because you said that they talk too much or well, well, talk well, too well what I'm saying that being a barber, brother, <laughs> and being open to you know the, the public, you hear a lot. I get a lot of brothers that come in here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very busy, I'm very successful as a barber. Thank God for that. But at the same time, I hear in this barber chair. From the majority of my clients who have marital problems, problems with their girlfriend, I hear the same exact topic and complaints coming from the brothers. And none of these brothers are rehearsing this amongst themselves. Oh, let's get in front of the barber and let's say this, say mm -hmm. that to them. No, these are brothers coming at end of a different time. And they got good profession. Good profession, good brothers, good dudes, good fathers, mm -hmm. good husbands. But they, but 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 uh, I hear. 
Man, my wife don't respect me. She talks above me. She overtalks me. You know what I'm saying? She don't know how to show me respect. She don't know how to show my man respect. She talks to me like I'm a child. She does whatever she wants to do. She tells me she ain't going to cook. She ain't going to do this. She ain't going to do that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I even heard that from the sisters in here mm -hmm. when, when we have to do it. Yeah, yeah. She don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a new day and age. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. 2022. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like God put mm -hmm. that in the Bible. Oh, in 2022, you can just stop doing whatever the hell it is I said do. Yeah. Because it's a new day and age. That's my so point. do whatever you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. so, but, so, but when we got to go answer to him at the end of the day, guess what he's going to say? I never said do what you want to do. That's right. But hey. Let us tell it. We can do whatever we want because we got freedom of whatever. Stay tuned next week for part three of Barbershop Talk. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.